Welcome to Build to Lead, forming the healthcare leaders of tomorrow. Back at you for season three. There's no denying that the last two to three years have been tough, and news cycles continue to report on the doom and gloom happening at home and abroad. And today, we want to take a breather from that and reflect on something more positive joy. But what is joy? Joy is energy, joy is resistance. Joy is being in your mojo. Let's learn together on season three of Built to Lead, getting back to joy. Welcome back to Built to Lead, season three, episode seven, positive emotion and joy, part two. I'm Mubin. And I'm Matthew. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Ron Baleno. Last week, we talked about the importance of self-reflection. Despite its importance, it's not always something that we're good at doing. In today's episode, we talk with Ron to get his perspectives on some articles about why self-reflection is so hard and how we can overcome those barriers. Additionally, we look into the role that hobbies can play in helping us foster positive emotion. As always, you can find the link to the articles in the episode description, though we will summarize for you as we go. But before we get into that, on the last episode, Ron gave us a great framework that he likes to use for encouraging positivity by planning three things we're looking forward to in the short, medium, and long term. To get us started on a positive note, see what I did there, Matthew? (laughs) Matthew, what are the short, medium, and long term things you're looking forward to this week? Um, I think in the medium term, actually, I'm really looking forward to connecting with different team members of my organization. I'm in a phase where I have to learn some new processes, some new frameworks. So really connecting with subject matter experts and those colleagues that have a lot more hands-on experience will be super insightful for me. And in terms of long term, I'm looking towards actually Monday. So I know a lot of times at work, we talk about we're looking towards Friday. Well, TGIM uh, started the new week is like, how do I... (laughs) transfer that knowledge that I've gained from these new team members, how to actually put into action. So that's something actually I'm looking forward to. And in the short term, I'm really looking forward to all of us listeners, me, you, Mobin, to listen to this episode. So let's not even wait. Let's just go right into it. Self-reflection is hard. And and so in our second article, um, also from the Harvard Business Review, it it talked about the barriers to self-reflection. And that includes people often not understanding um, what self-reflection is as definitionally. And sometimes people want tangible things and it's hard for you to kind of, you know, think of things um, from a lens of imagination or kind of innovation or creativity. And sometimes people don't understand the process, right? Like, what does this process even look like? And some of them aren't even a fan of the results because they don't do things for you immediately. It's usually you have to have you have to have something that Joel Embiid says, which is trust the process. And, and sometimes there's biases uh, towards faking it till you make it instead of actually reflecting. Um, and some can't see the return on investment. The, the article suggests countermeasures to this, like identifying important questions in self-reflection, selecting a good process that works for you, starting small, forcing oneself to just try it, or even asking for help. Looking deeper into this, what do you find the hardest about self-reflection and how do you work through that? So before I answer that there, Mobin, so Matthew, did you have a thought on this as well? Because Yeah, I did have a thought too, um, just because I like the article, the sports analogy that it gave. So by the time this episode comes out, I'm just going to give my self-reflection and prediction. 
Uh, we're going to have Canada <laughs> and France in the finals. And yes. just like usually how soccer games go, is anticlimactic. We're going to a penalty, penalty kickout or whatever it's called. Oh. I'm definitely not a fan of it. But in the article, it basically tells you about how do you increase your chances of actually stopping that penalty kick. And what happens is a lot of times when we're working, we always want to be busy, always on the move. And the same thing with the goalies, the goalies that are jumping back and forth, their chances of success is a lot less than the person that's actually standing still in the center. So how do we take that time to pause? So I just found that like a great analogy to say. And just in terms of like Mo Bean was saying, like, what's the hardest part about self-reflection? How do we pause or is it something else? Yeah. So for, first and foremost, I love this, guys, because I'm a sports fan. Okay. So I'm a pretty, <laughs> um, let's just say I don't, I may not come across as, let's say, competitive, but deep down, I am actually extremely competitive. Okay. So not added to my list as well. He's like years ago, I was also uh, a, a provincial volleyball referee many years ago. Oh. Okay. Um, so a little bit of a professional, not a top professional level, but enough that, uh, and I played enough sports. So if people were to look me up online, you could look up Ron Boleno and you'll see the game. Okay. Gamifying caregiving. Okay. I've made everything a game. That's another conversation one day. So the analogy of the lessons you get from a game. So sports is a good one. But some people, of course, are listening and they said, who is Joel indeed? Who is, what's this thing that Matthew's talking about? Penalty kicks? What's this soccer thing? Because in my country, we call it football. So we don't know what you guys are talking about. Anyways, point is with the, with sports, when it comes to sports, it's a great way to fail. And then you get to play it again. And that's why I believe sports is a great analogy or games, okay? Any type of game could be something as simple as Mario Brothers, okay? Or Super Mario Brothers, right? You know, if you keep jumping at the wrong time and you keep dying, you get to start a game. You got to learn that's not when you jump. So things like that. And there's all these patterns. Um, I, I do like the that, Mobin, you did bring up the return on investment. So I talk about that as well, the return on, on life. And I might be swaying away from the, the question here, but it is a big deal for me that, that this return piece is that we get through life and I really think we have to understand what gives us the better chances of success. What returns in life do we have? What can we control? What can't we control? For example, 24 hours in a day, we're all equal in that. No one has 29 hours. Okay, No one has only three hours. How do we utilize that? That's a challenge especially for caregivers. If you come back into healthcare space, caregivers, that's one of the biggest resources that's huge. But I talk about this whole, you know, return on investment. The ROI is a big one that everyone knows about. ROs, return on investment. There's the other big one, ROT, return on time. But then I say, let's get creative. There's many other ROs that we don't talk about. For example, uh, I would say ROE, return on someone's emotions. What about ROQL in healthcare, in the healthcare space for many years before the pandemic, okay, we would think return on quantity of life, but now we're kind of realizing, hey, there's the quality of life piece, QL as well. There's another ROQL. So what's the return on quality of life? Just a side note, I'm, I know this wasn't planned here, but I actually talk about these ROs. So they're all numbers, which gives us a higher return. So Matthew, I'm going to come back to that example of my dad going missing as someone with dementia. I got the GPS device. Without the GPS device, my fear level was a nine. When we called the police, it was a 10 on a scale of 10. If I'm at a 10, I'm calling police and I'm panicking, which we had to do one time. Bring in the GPS device, some tools. I go down to my fear level, comes down to a seven, eight. I get my neighbors involved. Okay. My fear level goes down to a five. I get uh, the coffee shop, you know, a little further community involved. My fear level goes down to a three. My confidence number goes up. 
that now I'm confident dad's going to make it home. Dad's going to still have a better quality of life. For what? Uh, technology that costs this much, being willing to be a little bit vulnerable and share with people, this is our situation, can you help us out? Those are some of the things that I talk about. All these ROs that I talk about, return on, okay, the return on investment, return on time, return on emotions, quality of life, return on technology, return on fill in the blank. You fill whatever that is for that specific situation, that person, they're all numbers. So if anyone forgets, it's the return on the numbers, okay, return on the numbers. Happens to spell out Ron, okay? If you pay attention, it just happens to spell out return on these numbers. That's awesome. So so what is your algorithm? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that just happened accidentally one day. And uh, how do you, what's the algorithms for each of our lives? Okay, to move forward. And that is the, the game here. So I don't even know if I answered your question. But, no, yeah. there, there were some fantastic yes. themes that you brought in. And I think that ROI, ROT, ROE, ROQL, like I think all of this just tells me that it's not, it's not, nothing is binary and there's a lot of complexity to this entire equation, right? And that's what this tells me, that it tells me that as a caregiver, you're not looking at one thing. You're looking at 10 million things. You're looking at all these different things that yes, are going to put you through exhaustion um, and, and kind of put you through some mental kind of maybe burden uh, on your shoulders but it's about how do you navigate that and how do you find those times and moments of self-reflection in order to do your due diligence to keep yourself sane to keep yourself with that positive emotion did you want to say something there Ron? yeah 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 so moving you you touched about the, the the binary piece that is also huge in my conversations with people i said this life is not about being binary especially caregiving okay and it is one where i'm going to use an example is one emotion the caregivers go through is guilt. Okay, so they do their self-reflection. Okay, and I didn't do that right. Okay, I've had so many caregivers who say I did that wrong, and I said, okay, so if you didn't do it right, then it's binary. The opposite is wrong. So that self-reflection is dangerous, in my opinion, if you live a life of just right or wrong, good or bad. That's why I struggle a little bit. Just when people hear the word positive, they automatically think that the only other side would be negative. No, there's the the grays in the middle. There's the colors of the rainbows. Okay. It's not just a black or white thing. It's a mixture of all these. And I've always reminded people, especially, okay, the guilt is the good example. I did this and it didn't go well. Well, no, you did what was best in that moment of time. I have a whole, you know, perspective on guilt that guilt should not be part of any caregiving, but caregivers all many get a little bit of guilt depending. And some, it actually anchors them in their life. And I say, no, it's how you perceive the words, how you perceive the meaning. If you can reshift that and realize, okay, if you're being held on to these two words, okay, did I do that right? Or was that good? Chances are, if it wasn't, you're actually saying that it's bad or wrong. And I said, no, let's try and remove those words and look at some other words like saying, did you do what was best at that moment of time with the resources you had, with the people that were there to support you with the knowledge you had at that time, not in the future when you know something now, but back then, was that the best move you have? As long as you cared, that's what you judge yourself on. And chances are guilt doesn't creep in. Yeah, it didn't go well, but you shouldn't feel guilty about that. You should just remember that you did what was best and you're not going to be able to save everything and make everything right. There are going to be failures as long as you did what was best. So I love that you brought up the binary piece yet. Yeah, and I also love how you just brought up in terms of that positive emotion. It is a spectrum. And even just thinking about the ROI, ROT, I think we have ourselves our own course right here because this could be like a macroeconomics yeah. and positive thinking yeah. emotion. So sign me up. I have another sign job me after up. this. <laughs> yeah. But even, even beyond self reflection, what the article talked about on Margaret Ward and CNBC, 
talks about even hobbies. So you, you yourself talked about activities that help you distress, fosters that positive emotion. So the studies by the Journal of Occupation Organizational Psychology does find like there is a difference in satisfaction between those that have a hobby and those that don't. So that could be that improved health outcomes and overall stress. So is there any hobbies that you have? Why did you pick them? What made you get into them? And then what what's the joy that actually comes out of that? So yeah, my hobbies constantly are evolving and changing. So actually going back to the very beginning in the marine aquaculture conversation, the big reason I'm actually probably here today was because of my hobby uh, of taking care of Nemo and Dory. Uh, I don't want to go too deep into this conversation of that hobby, but I was actually a coral farmer. Okay, I was kind of an expert growing coral, a very random thing to stick in there. Um, I had an aquarium and I actually even did presentations up and down the East Coast of uh, North America, down from Florida to New York State on how to grow coral in your aquarium tank. But that's where I learned how to care give using technology. Back in the day when I had an iPhone 3, I would have a sensor, a camera watching the fish. I actually transferred some of those technologies to my dad. But anyways, that was one hobby that I maintained while I was caregiving with my dad. That's the space I could go to. I just love that. But but more present right now, for example, I love to garden vegetable gardening for a guy that has a condominium and only has a balcony well I, that didn't stop me i'm actually taking care of four gardens you know the, every summer where i go there and i even bring in technology i'm even putting solar power a solar power watering system catch rainwater automatically water the plants send it and forget it okay so I, there, oh, return sure. on this investment to increase the success of more tomatoes more peppers more whatever uh environmentally friendly invest in solar power collected in rain barrels and then have that water pump there. So that's one hobby. And then the other hobby, which technically it's just also, you know, a necessity of life. You know, I love to not eat, but break bread. Hashtag break bread is what you'll find me online is having meals with people sitting down. That might be relationship building. You know, I always want to learn from other people. And but that is a hobby for me in a weird way. Let's go out and break bread, have a meal. And that becomes, you know, nice, intimate conversations, but I get to get into deeper conversations. then. So that's just a few of my hobbies. Put aside my old stamp collection, that's now gone. My comic collection, that's gone. But yeah. No, there's there's this common trend of evolution, uh, but not even at a macro level, but at a micro level that we go through year by year, day by day, week by week even, um, that kind of you're just... It's I can we can feel it I can feel it so so I I appreciate I appreciate your your kind of encouragement for all of us to think more openly and think non-binary think as complex as possible yeah. and think big picture but also focus on self. One thing I want to add there, yeah, just that thinking open. I've told again a big part of my life as well when I ran that youth center and I saw how people pursued their lives at the young age. Okay, how they chose to kind of some of them, it was just, I need to get a job, you know, um, I've always said, no matter what you're doing, never forget your dreams, okay, your childhood dreams, and always, that's why it's good to hang out with young kids still, you're dreaming, and I would say never forget that, like, add, even if you have 10 items on your, let's call it a bucket list, your dream list, you know, and again, the difference between a dream and a goal on a dream, you could throw it out there. Uh, let's say I dream of going to Disney World. You know, I, if a kid tells me that, I say, okay, let's change that. Let's make it a goal. And they say, how do I do it? I said, put a date on it. Okay, you're, you're six years old. You want to go to Disney World by nine years old? That becomes a little bit of a different mentality of moving forward. 
So that's what I said. First, you got to learn how to rem- to not stop dreaming, and then you put dates on it. As I said, that's why I say short term, medium, long term. Whether I hit it or not, uh, that is huge in my opinion of setting someone up. Just remind people. So what date are you going to do that by? So when will this happen by? Uh, and then you'll see how the mind shifts. Something that I've really learned, kind of just just from you sharing your story and taking us through this notion of self reflection, facing um, adversity and exhaustion, um, and at the same time being a leader. Right? This is romanticization around leadership, where it's like you know you have to be always on, you have to be active, you have to be kind of you know facilitating at all times. But the fact is, even as leaders, you face exhaustion, you face burnout. And, and it's in those moments that you have to use the tips that you've shared with us, Ron, today. Um, you know, finding joy in those little moments, um, kind of really breaking down the bigger picture and finding those moments of joy that now I'm going to start thinking about more critically as, as, a, as a young professional finding footing in the healthcare industry and also for the listeners who are listening to this. As we near the end of today's podcast episode, uh, in season three, Ron, we have introduced a new segment called Rapid Fire. Uh, so Matt and I will ask you five questions where where you'll have a chance to answer each one in either a couple of words or a sentence. This will be a fun way to get to know you a little deeper and end the episode with some excitement. So, Sounds good. I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. Just no, you're so not. No, no, I'm not giving you no questions. I have no idea what's coming. What this is about. Uh, Ron, are you nervous? <laughs> no, no, I'm actually excited. Just it's uh, just whatever I say, whether we have to edit it out, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Okay, so let's get started. So the first question that I have for you, Ron, is what TV show, podcast, web series, or any creative outlet have you been using that's bringing you joy right now? Uh, Big Bang Theory. For some reason, I love keep it. coming back to the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Second question, what is one thing or person in your life that is bringing you joy right now? Well, the easy answer is me. Okay, I'm going to always start with me. Okay. But um, I'm actually going to say anybody who's a foodie. So I'm not going to say an individual, but if you are a foodie, then I'm in. Like, you're, you're best friends with me. Love it. Love it. Next yes. question. Who is your inspiration and why? Oh, okay. That's a lot. Okay. But I could easily say, okay, so there's still my mom who was the caregiver. So I was the caregiver's caregiver to mom. That's easy. Okay. Uh, but who's the inspiration? I'm going to say stick in my space. Uh Anybody who's a patient or a caregiver that is willing to share their story, okay, they inspire me every friggin' day that they're willing to share to teach other people, you know, what they're going through. And uh, yeah, so that's that's an easy one. Let's go back to, because I know you love foodie and going back to break, um, hashtag break bread. So if let's say we're all going out to eat, um, favorite Canadian meal or favorite Filipino meal, which one? Is, which one is it? And what's the okay, meal? so yeah, people might not see me here, but I'm Filipino. But uh, Montreal smoked meat, not at Schwartz. Okay, for me, it's smoked meat peats with a side of lobster. But Filipino food, pancit, the noodles. I'm a huge pancit fan, noodles. And, and mm. sorry, so it's not one, I'm not giving you one here, but uh, yeah, I'll stick with pancit and the uh, tiny spring rolls. If you're ever going to try Filipino food, go for the little spring rolls. They're called Lumpia, Shanghai. I'll add that to the list. And our last question is kind of complicated, okay? I'm ready. Fill in the blank. Joy is? Joy is the ability to move forward in life based on what it is that you want and getting further away from what you don't want. That, that's, that's so beautiful. It's, it's, that's a t- it's a tweetable moment. It's one that we're going to be using to, to spread positivity uh, through this Built to Lead podcast. 
it's so important for us to remember the importance of self-reflection to encourage positive thinking, making time even when it's challenging, honestly just starting, and to look up a hobby or two to help provide balance and keep us positive. Ron, what an absolute pleasure to have you on Build to Lead with us. We hope you had just as much fun as we had. Thank you so much for your time, passion, conviction in building leadership and standing up for other patients and patient advocacy caregivers. As young professionals in the healthcare industry, I think I can say this on behalf of Matt as well, that your passion and your excitement and your encouragement uh, for us to be more patient-led and driven motivates us the most. Thank you, Ron, very much. I think just being proactive and just thinking about what we can do before we reach out those burnout phases, I think that's important, especially for emerging leaders. How do we learn from the experience? So that's something for sure, like I'm going to take in to my like leadership journey, as you talked about, finding those milestones along the journey to celebrate and hope our, our listeners actually will do the same thing. Ron, before we, um, abs- before we say, officially say see you later, uh, do you have anything that you'd like to, to promote or share uh, for the listeners uh, to connect with you or follow you uh, as you continue your journey? Yeah, sure. Uh, if we're going to stick with, uh, let's say, just how to reach out to me or stay in touch uh, on social media, I'm on Twitter at RB33Canada. Uh, also, you could find me on LinkedIn, Ron Baleno there, just my name there. And uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm always cheering people on, just like both you, Matt and Mobine, and, you know, the team here at Built to Lead uh, podcast. Just again, thanks for this opportunity. And uh, again, cheering everybody on. And uh, yeah, go Raptors and Leafs next year. Absolutely. Thank you, Ron, for joining us today and sharing some of your insights on how we can propagate your infectious positivity. You know, as we went through recording these interviews, I expected I would feel a wide range of emotions. And honestly, I didn't think hunger was going to be one of them. I'm going to have to hop onto a Via Rail to Montreal and check out Smoked Meat Pete's. Yeah, I might have to hop along, Mobine, and maybe we can get some poutine as well. And I really didn't expect the discussion even about core farming would come up either. But it's really incredible that these different facets have all come together to set the foundation of joy. I really appreciated his perspective, not only how hobbies can bring you joy, but that they can bring you different perspectives and experiences to solve problems. As he mentioned, when leveraging his experience when monitoring technology of Coral to help come up with monitoring solutions for his dad, which is pretty amazing, And really just having that more diverse toolkit helps us find those successes as we solve problems and solve challenges that also generate joy. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Build to Lead. We'll see you next week when we embark on a discussion about engagement. Until then, we wish you a smile, a laugh, some great meals over which to break bread, and most of all, we wish you joy. Thank you for joining us on Build to Lead. Season 3, Getting Back to Joy. Built to Lead is created and hosted by Matthew Goldberg and co-hosted by Mubin Lilani. Built to Lead is a companion podcast to the Vernissage Health Dialogue series at the Institute of Health Policy, Management and Evaluation at the University of Toronto. Tell us what you thought about this week's episode. You can find us on LinkedIn at Vernissage Health and on Instagram at Vernissage Health. You'll find both of these in the episode description. Today's episode was produced by Hannah Hodgins and Tony DeShenza with music composed by Sindhu. 
Special thanks to Wendy Nelson, Senior Fellow at the Institute for Health Policy Management and Evaluation.